0: Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy the selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. Three Jewish mothers are sitting on a bench arguing over which one's son loves her the most. The first one says, you know, my son sends me flowers every Shabbat. That's nothing, says the second mother. My son calls me every day. The third woman said, I have you all beat. My son is in therapy five days a week, and the whole time he talks about me. Maybe that was a little too on the nose for some of us, but. (laughs) This joke, which I heard from Rabbi Jeremy Bloom, reminds us that while we all love our family, sometimes, or maybe even often, family can be complicated. And the book of Genesis, which of course is about the creation, the beginning of the world, even more so, it is a book about family dynamics. If you think your family is challenging, you should read the Torah. The very first set of brothers, Cain and Abel, end in fratricide. Sarah has Hagar and Ishmael thrown out of their home. Abraham nearly sacrifices his son Isaac, after which they never speak again. Isaac's sons Jacob and Esau have their own bitter rivalry. Jacob steals his brother's birthright and his blessing which once again nearly ends in murder. Yet even though there is strife in both of these generations, the brothers Ishmael and Isaac and then Jacob and Esau, they come together to say goodbye, to bury their father. Also in our day, when there's family conflict or estrangement, too often it is only loss that brings families together again. In Genesis, as also happens too often now, after the brothers came together to bury their dead, they went their own separate ways, never to meet again. And this Torah portion, our parsha this week, Vayechi, it's the very last of the book of Genesis, and it completes the story of the generation with perhaps the most family trauma of all. Jacob has a fear, a clear favorite son, Joseph, whom the brothers nearly kill, but then decide to sell into slavery. Their sister Dina is raped by a local prince. And then the brothers go on a murderous rampage, killing him and all of the men of his town. You probably didn't learn that one in Sunday school. (laughs) But with that as the backdrop, like the generations before, all 13 children came together as their father Jacob lay on his deathbed. Our parasha then records the blessing that Jacob gave to each one of his sons and to Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the former chief rabbi of the UK, teaches, quote, there is discernible tension in this scene. Jacob's blessings to his eldest three sons, Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, read more like curses than blessings. Yet the fact is that he is blessing all 12 together, in the same room at the same time. We have not seen this before. There's no record of Abraham blessing either Isaac or Ishmael. Isaac blesses Esau and Jacob separately. The mere fact that Jacob is able to gather his sons together is unprecedented unprecedented, and important. In the next chapter, the first of the book of Exodus, the Israelites are for the first time described as an am, as a people. It is hard to see how they could live together as a people, as a nation, if they could not live together as a family. After Jacob's passing, unlike future generations, this generation we read about this week, they live out the rest of their lives together. How do they live together after all that they had been through? How do they achieve reconciliation? Part of it... I believe is what we read about last week, how Joseph's brothers did a complete teshuva, a complete repentance. They admitted that they were guilty, that they had wronged Joseph. They confessed, and faced with a similar situation, the, the potential to uh, save one brother and condemn another, they changed their choice. In the, in the face of a similar situation, They chose differently. That is what Maimonides the Rambam calls complete teshuva, complete repentance. But I think also the reason why they were able to reconcile, at least part of the reason, must have been because of their father Jacob and the example that he had set by reconciling with his children. Remember a few Parshiot ago how all of his sons, except for Joseph, had broken Jacob's heart after they sold Jacob's beloved son Joseph into slavery. But remember, they didn't tell Jacob that his son Joseph was still living. They said he was torn apart by wild beasts. And for decades, Jacob mourned. Even so, even with all of that, in the words of Rabbi Sachs, Jacob shows it is possible to bless all of your children even if you have a fractured relationship with some of them. And Joseph, too, shows that it's possible to forgive your siblings, even if they have done you great harm. The lesson that Jacob finally learned at the end of Genesis, after a lifetime of family trickery, deception, favoritism, and the trauma that it all led to, was, in the words of my teacher, Rabbi Norman Cohen, to understand that their future as a people depended upon unity. Their survival and ultimate redemption was dependent upon the oneness that they would achieve. So the true blessing, the true blessing at the end of Genesis was that this family came together and that they stayed together the other part of this story of our parasha and of this blessing that is unique is that it is the only instance in the entire Torah of a grandparent blessing his grandchildren when Jacob blesses Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Menashe. Jacob, in fact, blesses them before he blesses any of his own sons with the same blessing that even today Jewish parents say each Shabbat to our sons. We say, may you be like Ephraim, and Menashe. Rabbi Emmanuel Jacobowitz, say that five times fast. Rabbi Emmanuel Jacobowitz, Rabbi Sachs's predecessor as the chief rabbi of the UK, he asks, Why is this? Of all the blessings in the Torah, why is the blessing that Jews recite each Shabbat this blessing? He taught, All the other blessings are from fathers to sons. And between fathers and sons, there can be tension. Jacob's blessing of Ephraim and Menashe is the only instance in the Torah of a grandparent blessing a grandchild. And between grandparents and grandchildren, there is no tension, only pure love. Those of us blessed to be close with our grandparents know that he was right. And that is the lesson of the end of Genesis, that, it is, that it's that pure love that we should strive for with our families. But the Torah, of course, is also realistic. When that kind of pure love is not possible, when there is conflict or tension, the Torah proclaims there is still always the possibility of rapprochement, of reconciliation. We can survive as a family. We are stronger as a family. And when we acknowledge our differences and our disagreements, and we decide that we want to live together anyway. That is how we become a blessing. May that be true for us, as it was for our ancestors, for all who came before. Kenyayehiratssun, may it be God's will.